All right, good morning. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and get started. If you're here for uh, uh, foundations, uh, we invite you to come back into the sanctuary. And um, just know that because it's the, uh, it's the uh, fall and the spring, we have more than one class, so not all of us are here together. So it would actually be helpful if you actually moved in a little bit closer. We won't be that many because we're kind of split up in three different rooms. Um, and um, yeah, so um, I know when Brian was teaching, it felt full, but that's because all of us were here together. So, so, if you, uh, so if you're here, just come on back and try to sit somewhere in this general area. That'll be helpful. Uh, so welcome. We are beginning our, our fourth in our foundation series. It's actually our last uh, part of that. So we're working through four different aspects of what we call the foundations of, um, of what we would consider to be important to the life of CPC people. So if you come here and you say, hey, what does this church care about? The foundations class is a good place to find out. All right. So um, and just so that we kind of have an idea, just I have this opportunity uh, since uh, since I uh, since I I I I'm, I, I'm, I'm over, I oversee the adult education here. I kind of like being able to put this graphic up that Whitney did for us some couple of years ago, but I think it's still helpful. So on the second slide, you'll kind of see like these are the four aspects, four areas that we consider that are part of a foundation. Just to remind you, okay. And so everything that we do, uh, mostly in adult Sunday school, but also city forums and any of the occasional conferences that we have will usually be in one of these four areas, all right? So, 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 if you're looking at the, so if you're looking at the graphic, you can see that it has four areas, Bible, theology, church, and kingdom, okay? And so we began this curriculum, well, two years ago, all right? So uh, two years ago, we began by looking at, at a survey of the whole Bible, all right? And, and really what we're asking, that when, when we did that, we were asking, what is the story of the Bible, okay? And and, 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 you know, one of the things we always say at Christ Press here, and we say this often, is that we are the Bible people, right? Not, not, not in an arrogant way, but, but in a way that basically says, look, we want to conform our story to the story of the Bible, right? In other words, when we, when we open up our Bibles, we want to know what God's agenda is, right? We, we're not asking the question, how, uh, what, what's going on in my life and how can the Bible speak to me? No, I, I put myself under uh, the authority and, what God, and what, what God has to say to me, right? And so in, in that way, the, and one of the ways that we try to practice that is by studying through and working through books of the Bible. So that's one of the reasons why Brian's class upstairs, working through the epistles of John, is a way that we are saying, hey, this, we really mean this, right? And that's why we're actually doing that. That's why, that's why Les and Brian are preaching through First uh, and Second, First and Second Samuel, and those sorts of things. All right, and so, but our foundations too. Our second was a survey of theology, and that we and that we did was sort of a walk through the Westminster Confession of Faith. If you come to this church, in fact, if you go to any church, every church has a theology. They might say it, they might state it explicitly. They might not state it as much. So like, for example, if you go into the Anglican church, you, they, there's something called the 39 Articles. You might be familiar with that. If you go to a, a Southern Baptist church, you might have the Baptist faith and message, for example, right? If you go into the Methodist church, that's something there as well. So that's all, every, every church has a, a set of things that they have put together and says, this is our central doctrines, what we believe, right? And if you are here, you are in a Reformed church, a Presbyterian Reformed church, well, our, our, our tradition holds to so this document called the Westminster Confession of Faith, which we think best articulates what the Bible teaches 
about what we believe. And so what, that's what we did. We spent our time doing as much as we can in 15 weeks walking through the highlights of the Westminster Confession of Faith. All right, now last fall, what Les did was he walked through this idea and this doctrine of the church. What does it look like for us to live together as God's people? What does it mean for us to be a community? Right? And, 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 and this idea of what does it mean to, be, to live in relationship with one another and all the dimensions of that. Both in terms of us, why, we, why do we call ourselves a covenant community? Why do we call our families covenant families? Right? All of these things. What, what is the significance of that? What does it look like to live in right relationship with one another? How do we deal with conflict? All of those things. That's what we spent, a lot, spent last fall talking about. Now, the fourth leg, right, of that, of that, of our, of our, of our, of our table, chair, whatever, right? The, the, the fourth one is what we are going to begin today. And hopefully, Lord willing, it will take us to the end of May. Over the next 13 weeks, we'll be looking at the topic of what we call kingdom. And really, what, when you think about this, you need to think about it in terms of how do we relate to the world, okay? So we've talked about how we relate to the Bible. We talked about how we relate to the to, to what we believe, and we've also talked about how we relate to one another. The question then will be the the last remaining question is like is to say, look, that's that's not the world that we live in, right? We we don't live. We you know you spend an hour, a couple of hours here on a Sunday, and your your life intersects with the church and with one another. But for the most part, for the most part of your week, you live in the world. We all do. And so if we were to do that, if we ask the question, well, is there a way of living Christianly, not just among Christians, not just among people who believe what I believe and attend the same church that I do and um, that, I, you know, that, that, I, that I share the Lord's Supper with, that I sit under the same preaching as. Outside of that, is there a way to live Christianly in the world? And the answer to that question is yes, the question then that, of course, the following question is how? And how does the Bible and how does what we do here impact how we live out there? All right. And so that's what we are going to be, uh, what we are going to be doing. Um, and we are going to be doing, and, and, and the, reason we're, the reason we're doing that and we're calling it kingdom, hopefully will become clear over the next couple of weeks, because that's one of the first things that we are going to do. All right. Um, but, but before we get there, uh, as a sort of a teaser, um, I'm going to get Randall to play a clip, okay? We can, we, we can play video clips. I, lo I, I love teaching this unit because we get to watch video clips, all right? So, um, and so we're going to watch a clip. Um, it's actually from the movie Shrek, okay? Um, and, 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 I want to, and I want you to, and, and, and it's not just for fun. It has a point, okay? It does have a point. Um, but... But, but I want you to watch the clip, and then after that, we'll, 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 we'll use that as our jumping off point to talk about what we're going to be talking about today. So, all right. <laughs> run, run, run as fast as you can. You can't catch me. I'm the gingerbread man. You're a monster. I'm not the monster here. You are. You and the rest of that fairy tale trash poisoning my perfect world. Now tell me, where are the others? Eat me! I've tried to be fair to you creatures. Now my patience has reached its end. Tell me, or I'll... No, not the buttons! Not my gumdrop buttons! Or 
right then. Who's hiding them? Okay, I'll tell you. Do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man. Yes, I know the Muffin Man. Who lives on Drury Lane? Well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man? The Muffin Man! She's married to the Muffin Man. <laughs> My lord, we found it. Well, then what are you waiting for? Bring it in! not the most perfect kingdom of them all. Well, technically, you're not a king. Uh, Thelonious... You were saying? What I mean is, uh, you're not a king yet. <laughs> but, but you can become one. All you have to do is marry a princess. Go on. <laughs> so, just sit back and relax, my lord, because it's time for you to meet today's eligible bachelorettes. And here... They are! Bachelorette number one is a mentally abused shut-in from a kingdom far, far away. She likes sushi and hot tubbing anytime. Her hobbies include cooking and cleaning for her two evil sisters. Please welcome Cinderella! Bachelorette number two is a cape-wearing girl from the land of fancy. Although she lives with seven other men, she's not easy. Just kiss her dead, frozen lips and find out what a live wire she is. Come on, give it up for Snow White! And last, but certainly not least, Bachelorette number three is a fiery redhead from a dragon-guarded castle surrounded by hot, boiling lava. But don't let that cool you off. She's a loaded pistol who likes pina coladas and getting caught in the rain. Yours for the rescuing, Princess Fiona! So, will it be Bachelorette number one, Bachelorette number two, or Bachelorette number three? Number three, Lord Farquaad, you've chosen Princess Fiona. If you like Princess Fiona, she's perfect. All I have to do is just find someone. But I probably shouldn't mention the little thing that happens at night. I'll do it. Yes, but after sunset. Silence! Yes. I will make this Princess Fiona my queen, and Yulok will finally have the perfect king. All right. All right. Here's the question: How many references outside of that did you see? Just got, start calling them out real quick. That's outside of that clip that you needed to understand what was going on. Why was that even funny? Yeah, how, okay, so, so just, just start calling what? So Cinderella, what else? Snow White, what else? Pina Colada song, yes. The Muffin Man poem, yeah. All right, right? All of those were not really part of the story. However, the reason that you actually found it meaningful or funny required you to actually know those things, right? In, a, in other words, there were assumptions, all kinds of assumptions built into that clip, all right? There were stories underneath the story, right? And, and, and if you were to think about, and, and this is one of the, the things that we're going to be spending time looking at, 
is that when you start talking about the relationship of the church and of Christianity to the world, there are a lot of these stories out there. And the only way that we, we are going to make sense of all of these things is if we get to know some of these other stories. All right? And that's why one of the things that we are going to be looking at is where, and in our time together, is we're going to be looking at something called a worldview. All right? And we're, and we're going to be spending our time looking at a number of different worldviews during our, during our time together. Okay, because I think if, if we understood some of those things, then one of the one of the questions that we are trying to ask how are, how is a how are we to live Christianly in relationship to the world? It, it provides a roadmap in some ways to help us answer that question a little bit better. Okay, now and and that's just sort of a that's just sort of a teaser. All right, just so that just so that it, 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 just to get you thinking that that's sort of the direction that we're going in this, okay? Because one of the things we wanna do is we want to say, uh, is to sort of increase what we would call our literacy, our, our understanding, okay, um, about, about this, okay? And so, and so, we, so we, we, need to start, we, 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 need, we need a place to start, and that's gonna be one of the places that we are going to be looking at. However, before we get there, all right, before we start looking at worldview, we're gonna be looking at a couple of other things, all right? So, um, so, so, this is a, so the next slide here, all right, is, is they're asking the question, how have Christians related to the world? Okay? And, and if, you look at, if you look at the diagram, you'll see that there's sort of two extremes that how we have landed on, that, on, on the answer to that question. Okay? So, on the left, on the left is what we could call a withdrawal from the world. Okay? It's sort of coming back. If you are, all right, and so if you're looking, if you're looking at the diagram, you can see that it's characterized by sort of a quietism, or you could say a pietism, all right, by piety. So we think very much about our personal relationship with the Lord, right? We talk a lot about having Jesus in our hearts, as we should, but that's we we, we tend to think only in in those terms. We we like calling ourselves followers of Jesus. Uh, but we're not too sure about being a member of a church. Um, we, we, we talk about having a personal relationship with the Lord, but, but we're not sure about those other Christians. Um, and, so, and, and so we have, and so if you ask the people, they, these are Bible, people who read the Bible, people who pray, people who for all intents and purposes have a very deep devotion to God, all right, through Christ as Christians, Okay. Um, or we would, or if you say, if you, or, or we could say another, another characteristic of, or sort of on this far extreme, is sort of a, what we would call a tribalism, right? We're very concerned about only our own, all right? And so, and, and so like, you know, for us, as far as the world is concerned, it's cursed, it's going to hell in a handbasket, let's not, cl let's close the doors, let's take care of our own people, make sure our children are safe, make sure we are safe, Make sure we are not getting corrupted, and uh, and you know, and, and then we'll wait till Jesus comes back. Okay, that 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 that's that, that 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 that's what we're about. Okay, and so you have almost sort of a very inward focus uh, in terms of this. So that's what we would call probably a tribalism. All right. Now on the other extreme, right, we would say these are not people who are withdrawing from the culture, but they almost take an adversarial view to the world. All right, and so. 
on one hand, you would think you would call it almost like a liberationism, or, a, or what we say, liberation theology, if you will. Um, they're very concerned about all of the social injustices that are in the world, as, they, as we should be. But, not, but no more about any, any, any conversation about Christ or the spiritual life of the church or talking about sin or the holiness of God or any of that. Really what we need to do is we need to, we need, we need to correct all of the problems that's out there. What are Christians doing to deal with all of the, how are we going to fix everything? All right? And if we're not doing enough, something is wrong. Okay? And so, and so, we're, and so, we're, and, and so that is essentially the only way to think about how a Christian's relationship with the world. Now, they, uh, but another factor could be almost what we would call a triumphalism. And a triumphalism is basically what you would consider is, is this idea of taking back the culture. Right? What does it look like for us to establish a, uh, a sort of almost a Christendom in the world? All right? You write today, today there's a lot of conversation between the social justice people and the Christian nationalist people, for example. Right? And so any of those are considered dirty words depending on who you're talking to. Right? So uh, any, of that, right, any of that would probably fall on, on, on this end. Right? This, this idea that how are we going to fix everything? We just need to get the right people in power. Right? We need to reestablish sort of this, the, 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 uh, the Christian values in, in, in the public sphere, and everything will be fine, and everything will be better. Right? That's how we're going to fix the world. And so you have these two extremes that we are saying does not represent um, what we want to, what, what, how, how we want to move forward. So we're asking the question, is there a third way? Now, let me say something about each of these things. There, are, there is an aspect to Christian living that actually hits on all these. Okay, we do. We we are called to have a personal relationship with the Lord, right? We 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 aren't saved just just because we belong to a church, right? We say that, right? In, in other words, we we come to faith. We we as Christians come face to face with a holy God, right? We recognize what sin is and we fall. On the grace of Christ in order to save us. We, we have to come to that. Right? If not, we say, we are not saved. Right? We say that. And, that, and that's important. We also say that, that the church is important. Right? It means that when we gather together as, a, as God's family, that what we're doing right now is not just sort of extra. It's central. Right? It's, it's sort of part of, it's, it's right in the middle of what does it mean to live Christianly in the world. Right? On the other hand, right? on, the, on the other side, Christians are called to care about what's going on in the world when it comes to social issues, to racial injustice, to alleviating poverty, those sort of things. You can, we, we cannot say that Christians are not to care about that. Right? There, there's some aspect of our Christianity where we would say that is important, that is central. All right? And we can also say to some degree that Christianity is good for the world. In some ways, we can say that. And 2,000 years of church history will point to that. Okay? In some ways. That there has been many wrongs. But to, to say that Christianity has not been good of the world would not be stating what is true either. So we can say that. Right? And we should, right? We should celebrate when, 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 when like Roe versus Wade gets overturned, for example. Right? When, 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 when human government is doing things that mirror the design of God for the world, that's a good. Right? That's a good. So in some ways, we're not saying that these things. It's what we're saying is when something is done 
to the exclusion, to the extreme, um, to the exclusion of the others. Okay, so the question is, is there a way for us to approach this in a, in a Christian way that doesn't, that doesn't land us in these extremes? All right, and so we are, we're, the, the way that we're going to be calling this, should be the next slide, is what we would call an engaged approach. All right, an engaged approach. And so, we are, and so we're going to be using that word, this idea of cultural engagement, all right, an engaged approach. And so we're, 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 and we're going to sort of, sort of use our study around these three ideas, all right, three ideas, the first being, right, the, 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 first, the, the first being what we would call, what is our mission? What is our mission in the world? We use that term for missions as sort of this when we support missionaries. But are we all on mission? Right? Can you, can you, what, what, what would it be like if, if you asked yourself the question, why have I been sent to Oxford, Mississippi? Right? If, in some ways, all of us should be asking that question. Right? We live here. So the question then would be, is like, why have I been sent here, right? It's not that you are somewhere and then you go somewhere, right? right? My, old, my old missions professor used to say, wherever you are, that's where you've gone, right? right? And you're like, right? And, and what he meant was, it means that, it means you need to, we need to think ourselves, every, each, each of us needs to be think, think of ourselves as one who has been sent, right? And so we need to ask the question, what does it mean to be on mission for God here? And, and, and one of the key ideas that we're going to be talking about this, is this distinction between church and kingdom. It's a really big deal because it, it, it really helps us to think carefully about what we do as a church and what do we do as Christians in the world. What do we do as members of CPC and what do we do as citizens who are members of the kingdom of God? Right? And those two things may not still be the same. All right? And not everything that you do as a, as a member of the citizen of the kingdom of God is something you might actually do as a member of CPC. All right? And so one of the, and, 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 but both are important and both have its place, but the question is how do they relate? All right? So that, that's what we're going to spend a little bit of time talking about um, in the next couple of weeks. All right? Secondly, secondly is we are, we are trying to ask the question, what does it mean to be a faithful presence wherever we are? And faithful not just simply as, um, in, you know, I, I, I know what you mean when we talk about being faithful to the Lord where we are, but just this idea of faithful, of, of, of something, of, of people of integrity, people of credibility. Um, and, and, and this really brings us into the realm of what we would consider apologetics. Um, but, you know, now, I, I always hesitate to use that word because every time you think of apologetics, you think about argumentative people, don't you? Right? I do. All right? I think of, I think of people who debate, right? And, 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 and look, I'm, I'm Asian. I love being agreeable, okay? I, I, I do not like being argumentative, right? So, so that, that is not attractive to me, all right? That is not attractive to me. But, but, but it is good. It is good for us to ask the question, how... how that it is Christianity credible in the marketplace, right? Not, it, that, that is not just for those crazy faith people, right? Is there a way for us to approach to say, 
in a, in a thoughtful way to say that, 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 that we can come, that these things that we believe as, as Christians is credible, right? That there are good reasons for it, all right? And so, and, and, and I always tell my students, I say, look, there's only two, when you start talking about apologetics, you really only need to master two things, all right? Only, only two things, right? The, and, and, here's, and, here, and here it is. You need to learn how to listen well, and you need to learn how to ask good questions. If you, if, if you know how to listen well, and you know how to ask good questions, you're well on your way to doing apologetics, okay? A, a lot of times we feel like we have to know all the answers. You don't. You just need to know, know, know to ask the right questions, okay? And so, one, we, so we, we want to be able to get to that place where we're saying, how, how do we learn to listen well? And that's the, that's the, the, that's the Shrek clip, right? What, what, how, do we, how do we discern the stories underneath that helps us make sense of the story on the top, right? We all live sort of on the top in what's going on around us right now, but are there stories underneath? Right, that explains some of the things that's going on the top. So that's that, that, and that's what we want. We want to learn how to listen well, but then secondly, learn to also ask good questions. And then thirdly, we want to ask this question: What does it mean to 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 engage culturally? What we would call cultural renewal, right? What what is this thing called culture? All right, and that and and we always use that word almost in a very very negative sense, almost in a very pejorative sense, don't we? Right? We say it's the culture, right? It's the culture that's doing it, right? Um, and and I think that's almost that's actually that's actually kind of wrong, right? Because we we actually have something in the Bible called the cultural mandate, right? That 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 God gives Adam and Eve to make something of this world, right? So the question then would be is not to say is culture bad. But is there good culture and bad culture? And how can Christians be in the business of creating good culture or renewing the bad, right? Getting the sin out in, in some ways, right? And, and seeking to, for, for things to be made new. So, so that, that's what we want to be. We want to be agents of cultural renewal, all right? And so those are the three things that we're going to be spending our time doing. All right, over the next couple of weeks. All right, so this is just an introduction, just sort of just to kind of get y'all thinking about what you're stepping into in this. Right now, remainder of our time, all right, next 10 minutes or so, let me just lay out some definitions for us, okay? And, and, we're, and we're beginning with this idea, that, that this first part of what is, it, what is the distinction, what is the difference between the church, between church and kingdom, all right, church and kingdom. And next week, we'll actually, we'll actually have a little bit more. We'll, we'll do a little bit, little bit more about this. But let's just define our terms first. All right, that's, that's good for us to define our terms. Right? Now, the simplest way to think about this, when you think about church, you think about the people of God. When you think about kingdom, you think about the reign of God or the rule of God. All right? Simple? Next. No, I'm just kidding. Hang on. All right? So, in other words, when you think about the people, when you think about church, right, we think about church as building. Okay, and that's, right, and right, remember that old poem, like, so open the one, open the steeple, hear the people, you know, that whole thing people do with the little kids with their hands, I don't know what they do, but it's, you know, but you get what I mean, right, you know, open the hands, hear the people, right, you know, you get that, right, that, that whole thing is actually very accurate, right, in other words, we are being told to think more in terms of the people, and a, and a good way of defining this um, all of this comes from, and I can give you the, 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 the resource, it's a great resource, it's, a, it's an article by Palmer Robertson, 
Um, but, but he uses the Trinity as a way of describing each of these things, right? So he says that the church is the elect of God, redeemed by Christ, renewed by the Spirit. All right? So the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, right? In, in other words, when, if, we, if we were to say, who are we? And we say, we are the church, we are the people of God, we are those who are the elect of the Father, redeemed by the Son, and being renewed by the Spirit. All right? That's our identity. And that is the story that we tell ourselves every time we gather. Right? We, we tell ourselves one another, hey, you and I have been loved by God before the foundation of the world. Isn't that amazing? Right? We have been redeemed through the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? Right? Hey, be encouraged. Right? The Holy Spirit is at work. Right? We are retelling that story because that is the story of the church. That is a story of the people of God, all right? But in contrast, when you think about the kingdom, we are thinking very specifically about the rule of God or the reign of God, okay? And when you think about the reign of God, you need to think about the fact that God is sovereign, right? And he is in charge, right? That he, that, 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 that when we have that, right, eternally sovereign, he has eternal rule. But there's also a sense where Christ has established his rule, Right, the messianic reign. Right, if you were here during the first service, you will sing the song "Ancient of Days." For the, those of you going to the second service, right, and that's a great picture, right, because you have the picture of the ancient of days reigning eternally, ancient of days, right, no end, no beginning, no end, right. But then you have the picture of the Son of Man who shows up in the image, right, and he is given a kingdom. All right. And so you have both, right? You have this idea of God's, God, God's eternal reign, but then you also have the reign of the Son. But then we also speak of the fact that God is reigning in our hearts through His Holy Spirit. And so when we talk about the rule of God or the reign of God, we're talking about those dimensions as well. All right? Here's the last slide. All right? Now, maybe the second last slide. All right. But so so the, 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 just to kind of flesh this out a little bit in whatever time we have. All right, I love the hymn, This Is My Father's World. All right, I was telling Lindsay on the way here, I think, I think that needs to be like our theme hymn for our, for our Sunday school class. Can we have a theme hymn? Um, all right, because in that hymn, right, y'all, y- y- y'all know the words, Randall, you mean it, you may help me out. This is my father's world, let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler. Yet, yeah, right? Okay, so now, that, that is what we are talking about when we are talking about God's eternal reign. All right? This is still the Father's world. This is my Father's world. We can say that. Okay? But the next two verses is what I need help with. All right? This is my Father's world. The battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and all of earth, earth and heaven be one, that's talking about the son's reign, right? In other words, we're talking about the fact that God is in charge, but there's still something that, that is not complete yet, that, that even though Christ's reign has begun, it's not been fulfilled, right? We are living sort of this in-between, and we'll talk a little bit about this, this idea of the already and not yet next week, all right? But then we also, also, we speak about the fact that the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives, Right? When, we, when, we, when we become Christians, the work of regeneration that begins, 
right? That is God establishing his beachhead, his rule on you and me, right? He is beginning something in us and taking it through what we would call the process of sanctification, right? Renewing us after the image, his crowd, after, after the image of God, right? And the Holy Spirit is still at work. So you can see how the messianic rule that began, it's not yet, and the rule in our hearts has begun, and we're not yet, right? None, none of us can say we have been perfectly sanctified, hopefully, all right? So, right, be, we, we, but, but something has begun, God has established his rule in us, and he's bringing it to completion, just as Christ has established his rule, and he will bring it to completion, just as the Father has always been ruling, right? Just as the Father has always been ruling. So when you start thinking about what kingdom means, or when you start to think kingdom, you need to think about it, the kingdom in these three dimensions, all right? So that when we start talking about the sovereignty of God, right, we really believe that, that this is still our Father's world, right? When we, talk, when we think about Jesus and what he did, right, we talk about, we love talking about the fact that Jesus died for our sins and, right, but, right, but do we ever talk about the fact that Jesus is ascended, right? What, what do we mean by the ascension? Right? That word ascension means that he is ascending to his throne. Right? That's king language. When, when, God, when, when, when Jesus gives us the great commission, he says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Right? And then he gives the commission. That's king language. Right? All of that way is what, is, is, is what Jesus is saying, that he is in charge, that he, that, that, that he is a king. All right? And then we also have the fact that the Holy Spirit is the king and reigning over our own hearts. So we need to think about that in three, in those three dimensions, right? We're out of time, but let me leave you with these three questions. All right? First question, should we take an optimistic or pessimistic view of the world? And why? It's a good question, right? If you're all, if you're all honest, all right, if you're honest, all right, I, I would put myself in the cynical pessimistic camp, okay? All right? Um, and we need, right, and, 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 and the question, right, and, and, that's, and it's good for us to ask, like, look, if we've been talking about all this king stuff, right, what, 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 does that, what does that mean to my posture in how I think about the world, right? Should I, should I be a pessimist? Should I be an optimist, right? And the smart student in the back said, I'm a realist, right? So, um, which is good for you, which is good for you, right? Um, and then secondly, what do we do with the problem of evil? Right? We need to talk about that. And that, and that is one of the classic, um, what we would say, objections to Christianity, is the problem of evil. All right? And hopefully, Lord willing, in the weeks to come, we'll, we'll address that, because that is one of the typical objections that people have uh, to Christianity. All right? I'm going to be out of time here. Probably am. Um, any comments or questions before we close? Nobody has their hands up, right? Okay, good. Yeah, just checking. Just checking. Someone else can tell me if that's okay. All right, let me pray. Father, we thank you again, Lord, for your word. And we thank you again, Lord, for the way that you um, teach us these truths. And so, Father, we pray that in the weeks to come, as we uh, get a little bit more acquainted with what does it mean to live faithfully in the world, Lord, we want to, uh, we want to be students um, who, uh, who say we, we, we don't understand everything. Um, and, and at the end of this, we, these 13 weeks, we probably won't either. Um, but hopefully maybe a little bit more. 
um, that, that we would be, uh, that we can say like, that we do want to engage well as your people, uh, to live uh, Christianly, not just among ourselves, uh, but also in relationship with the world. I uh, pray that these, uh, these, these weekly times would, be, would, would help us uh, towards that end. Uh, by your grace, we ask this in Christ's name.